0: Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where what happens in Vegas slays in Vegas. Because that's exactly what the Lakers did when it came to slaying, barbecuing, and filleting the New Orleans Pelicans and the Indiana Pacers on their way to winning the NBA's first inaugural NBA in-season tournament. Anything is possible, as KG once said. And also, everyone on the Lakers is 500k richer, before taxes. I'm your host Jonathan Hernandez, and I am unfortunately not joined by anyone for today's pod, but I wanted to make sure we had some sort of response pod out for the momentous week and weekend that the Lakers had, in spite of how much the pundits and NBA Twitter want to downplay such efforts. So, for the first part of this episode, I'm going to be talking about the IST Finals game between the Lakers and the Pacers, and then for the second part of the episode, I want to talk about the Lakers in general this past week since Jared Vanderbilt's return, and I also want to dive into some updated team stats and trends. So, pretty simple, and I'll make sure to pack this episode with some useful, insightful stats for you guys to nibble on since, again, you're unfortunately stuck with me solo. Shout out, IAZ. Okay, so let's talk about the game. First off, the IST Finals. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers for beating the Indiana Pacers 123-109 on Saturday in Las Vegas. Now, the win doesn't count on the Lakers' overall record, the stats don't count for the players, the Lakers will not be hanging up any sort of banner in their practice facility or in the arena, and a lot of hater pundits won't count this game as anything more than another make-believe championship. But even with all of that said, for the Lakers themselves, they are not only 500K richer, but more importantly, I feel like this game helped encapsulate the strong wave of defensive momentum and cohesive team chemistry that they've been riding since Jared Vanderbilt's return. And for a team that's been badly battered by injuries as much as the Lakers have, and for a team that's been searching for any sort of continuity and identity all season long, this IST Championship win was a good symbol of the type of ceiling that this Lakers team can reach when, one, everyone's healthy, and two, when everyone's focused and engaged. And boy were the Lakers focused and engaged in this game. From D'Lo barking back at Bruce Brown and not shrinking from the fight and turning in a very solid all-around game despite not shooting the three ball well. In fact, he didn't hit a three at all, and this was his first game in 14 games where he hadn't hit a three. From that to Austin Reeves coming in under the weather and balling out with his version of an I Am Him flu game with 28 points in just 28 minutes, to Cam Reddish and Jared Vanderbilt, Cam's cage and Vando's vault, providing the frenetic, lanky, teleporting defense to make life tough for Tyrese Halliburton and the rest of the Pacers' guards, to LeBron being the ultimate glue that holds this whole team together. His incredible shooting performance against the New Orleans Pelicans and his overall defensive intensity, taking charges and rotating and all that shit, it's been, it's been inspiring to see that from a 39-year-old who still clearly has so much more left to give. To then, of course, Anthony Davis going absolute all-world domination on Miles Turner and forcing the bully ball issue in the paint with 41 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists, and 4 blocks. The Lakers brought the requisite amount of energy, intention, and smart game planning to force this fast-paced, offensively potent Pacers into submission. Now, everyone knew coming into this game that this would be a clashing of styles between the Pacers and the Lakers. The Pacers were the number one offensive team in the league in nearly every category. Points per game, field goal percentage, offensive rating, and pace. And then the Lakers on the other side... The Lakers were this paint-centric, bipolar-shooting, bad half-court offensive team that was very defensive-minded. Even before Jared Vanderbilt returned, the Lakers were, were somehow in the top 10 in defensive rating. So we knew that this would be a very interesting test of which clashing style would win out. And man, the Lakers just absolutely imposed their will and their defensive tenacity and relentlessness on the Pacers on Saturday. The Lakers were 2 of 13 from 3, 15%, and they still won the game by 14 points. And that's because they dominated the paint, they forced the issue by making sure to get in the paint, running the floor quickly for easy buckets, and on top of that, crashing the glass. They dominated the Pacers in the paint, 86-44. to That's incredible. 42 point differential. The Lakers shot 53% from the field because of that. On the other side, they held the Indiana Pacers to just 37% from the field and 24% from three. They also out-rebounded the Pacers 55-32, to 12-9 to on the offensive glass. How many times this season have we, have we been able to say that about this Lakers team? Not a lot. And overall, from D'Angelo Russell right on down to Max Christie, this Lakers team was ready to roll up their sleeves, get dirty, and get physical. And Darvin had the game plan to slow Tyrese and the Pacers down and force them to play in half-court sets. So seeing all of our players, led by Anthony Davis, Jared Vanderbilt, and Cam Reddish, seeing the whole slew of Lakers just full-court pressing Tyrese Halliburton at each turn, then switching men to perfection, to helping and recovering to perfection— It was such an inspiring, reinvigorating sight to see that much activity, energy, focus, and most of all, connectivity from all of our players on the defensive end. Now look, Tyrese Halliburton still had a great game on paper. 20 points, 11 assists on 8 of 14 shooting. And he had a good game because he's just that good. But look, he only had 14 shots. He also had 3 turnovers. The last game, he had 15 assists and 0 turnovers. And more importantly, the Lakers took the other Pacers out of the flow of the game. Again, the Lakers held the Pacers to 37% shooting from the field and 24% from three. On the year, the Pacers are number one in field goal percentage, shooting 51%. They are also in the top five of three-point shooting, shooting 38%. All that to say, what a masterful win by the Lakers. What a masterful IST run by the Lakers. It's... A testament to their focus, their togetherness, their sacrifice, and their relative health. And also a testament to the LeBron James and Anthony Davis of it all. So don't let the rest of the salty NBA Twitter world put a wet blanket over this win by the Lakers. This is just another positive stepping block and badge that the Lakers can hold onto and look back on as they continue to trudge forward towards their number one goal of the season, number 18, an NBA championship. Man, did AD Punk the hell out of Miles Turner, huh? Anyways, why don't we take it to break? After the turn, I want to talk about General Lakers team trends since Vanderbilt returned and get into some of the stats as well. So I'll catch you guys after the break. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Stop now at hero.co. All right, so we are back. Let's talk Lakers team trends. So, since Jared Vanderbilt returned to the lineup last week, the Lakers are 4 0, including the IST finals, which doesn't count, but they're 4 0, meaning the Lakers haven't lost yet since Vandos returned. The Lakers are now 14 9. This is the first time they've been 5 games over 500 since May of 2021, if you can believe it or not. They are now 5th in the Western Conference, tied in record with the Denver Nuggets. And also, the Lakers are now number 1 in the Pacific Division. Would you look at that. Also, since Darvin Ham started bringing Austin Reeves off the bench, the Lakers are now 11-4, 12-4 if you include the ISD final game. Of the Lakers' last 4 games that they've won, including the IST finals... All four of those games have come against opponents with a 500 record or better. Of the Lakers' last four losses, those have all come against 500 teams as well, which is how this narrative that the Lakers can't beat good teams all started. And I guess it's not a narrative because yes, they lost to all of these teams with 500 records, but context considered, that was because they were shorthanded and banged up. Also, to add more context into those four losses to good teams… Three of those losses were on the second night of a back-to-back. So when you stack those odds against an older, injury-riddled Lakers team, of course the wins will be hard to come by against good teams if the Lakers are also dealt a bad scheduling hand like they have been in those last four losses of theirs. But lo and behold, when healthy and with at least a day's amount of rest and some cash incentives, it looks like the Lakers can beat good teams after all. Imagine that. Imagine Dragons. Okay, looking at the advanced stats. The Lakers are now 7th in the NBA in defensive rating with a 110.3 score. They are also now 15th overall in net rating at 1.1. Now, if we filter things down to just the last three games since Jared Vanderbilt returned, guess where the Lakers rank in defensive rating. Hey, you guessed it! The Lakers are number one in defensive rating at 95.4. They have also now jumped to number two in overall net rating at 18.8. These are in the last three games since Vando returned, not including the ISD Finals. Now, in the last four games, ISD Finals game included, the Lakers have held their opponents to an average of 99 points per game. That's under 100. And in this day and age, putting up 120 points is the new 100. So, Holding a team to under 100 is like saying the Lakers held someone to 90 points in the mid-2000s era, okay? So it's really impressive that the Lakers are holding their opponents in the last four games to just an average of 99 points per game. Yes, I know four games is an incredibly small sample size, but with the Lakers getting Vando and the rest of their wings back, Cam Reddish, Rui Hachimura, this team has immediately snapped back into defensive place and have trended so exponentially in the right direction in that department that you can't help but be encouraged. And for me, this is looking like championship-level type defense. This is looking like 2019-20 KCP Caruso, Dwight Howard, Danny Green type defense. And that's without the Lakers' number one Emily signing of the offseason, Gabe Vincent, who was signed primarily for his defense. That's without Gabe Vincent having cemented himself in the rotation yet and having only played four games. And it looks like we'll be getting Gabe back soon in the next week or so. So even more defensive cavalry is coming. But I think overall, it's becoming so very clearly evident that the Lakers are once again going to stake their identity on the defensive end. And as they've gotten more and more of their wing defenders and point-of-attack defenders back... I anticipate that the offense and the shooting numbers are going to rise as well because our shooters and our offensive players will then have less of the defensive burden on their shoulders. They'll have more juice on the offensive end and they'll actually be able to continue playing more aggressively on ball handlers without the fear of getting beat because even if they get beat, they have Anthony Davis, Jared Vanderbilt, Max Christie, Cam, Cam Reddish. All of those guys are rotating behind them to clean up on the defensive end. And yeah, since Vando and Cam's collective return... The whole team has been playing defense on a string, it feels like. And Jared Vanderbilt in particular, even though he's only playing like 14 to 16 minutes still, just having him back in the lineup playing the stints that he's been playing, it's been such an injection and infusion of life and energy and athleticism that this team has so desperately needed. It has appropriately slotted everyone into place and magnified even guys like Cam Reddish on the defensive end who are already playing great defense. Somehow Cam Reddish looks even more elite on that end because Jared Vanderbilt is next to him. It's even amplified guys like Max Christie as well. Right on down the line to guys like D'Angelo Russell. All of a sudden, D'Angelo Russell's defensive activity is more noticed. And dilo has been really solid and engaged on the defensive end the whole year. He's been in the top three of our team in deflections. He's averaged like half a block a game. But without Jared Vanderbilt, it hasn't really felt like it's moved the needle, right? Because whenever we get a stop, we wouldn't be able to grab the board. And D'Angelo Russell would be a culprit of that because he can't box out. But now that Vando's back, now that Rui's back, now that Cam is back, all of a sudden we have multiple guys who will sky for the rebound. And because of that, all of a sudden, D'Angelo Russell's tenacity, his good hands, his good help-and-recover rotations are finally being noticed, and they're finally moving the needle. And on top of that, again, he can even play up more aggressively on ball handlers like Tyrese Halliburton as a result of all of these defensive safety nets behind him. And yeah, I think the overall theme that I want to get across here is, the Lakers are a damn good defensive team. But on top of that, they also have a high offensive ceiling with how hot our shooters can get when they're rolling. And now that the Lakers have their appropriate defensive fortifications, I believe that those shooters can finally get going. I believe that those jump shots will finally fall. I mean, look, the Lakers have already hit 22 threes in a game this season with how banged up they've been. They currently also still have three players shooting 40% from three. LeBron James, D'Angelo Russell, and Rui Hachimura. And Torian Prince is all of a sudden up to 35% from three. Austin Reeves isn't even a part of that group of 40% three-point shooters, and you know he's going to eventually find his way there at the end of the season. So yeah, there's still so much room for improvement offensively. And it's going to come because of the defense coming together. And oh yeah, the Lakers are number one in the Pacific Division at 14-9. and So I guess the wait-till-everyone's-healthy-truthers were all right. I guess all the wait till Vando returns truthers were all right. Because when relatively healthy, this team is really good, really deep, and really fun to follow. All right, that'll do it for this solo episode. I know it was quick and brisk, but given the fact that I'm doing this solo, I think I'm doing you guys a favor. Kudos to those who have followed along with my annoying rambly voice for this long. You guys get 500k too. 500 flakes of Special K, that is. And now it's really time to go because I don't know where these jokes are going. Quotes on jokes. But yeah, with that said, go Lakers. This is just the start. Crossing fingers for sustained health. You know what it is, fam. It is lit. This is Jonathan Hernandez. I will catch you guys next time. Next time, Tommy or Alan will be with me, so do not despair. But till then, I'll catch you guys later. Peace.